Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Looking dapper. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, NHL, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use the mobile, your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals-centric specific show, where, of course, we talk about the Arizona Cardinals, Cardinals here in the Phoenix metropolitan area. I am your dapper co-host, Javon J. Love Adams, and with me, as always, is the one and only Ed Easy Smith, who not only played professional basket, ba- basketball, baseball, but also played in the National Football League on that first, na- that first uh, Super Bowl-bound team for the Atlanta Falcons. What is good, my brother? I see you looking good and sharp today, brother. Yeah, man. Got to do it every once in a while, man. <laughs> dust off, dust off the, the business shirt and everything with time, man. How you living? I'm doing good, man. Good to be back on with you for this edition of the Believe in the Cardinals podcast. Yes, indeed. We are back and better than ever. That's how we do it. Uh, just to be, I don't know if we shared it uh, one of the last times we did. My dad passed away, and so there was all the different machina- machinations and machinations and all that stuff. And then uh, when when Super Bowl was around, it was just crazy, man. So yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know you was down on Radio Row and doing your thing, and you hooked up with some folks. Uh, from from believe they were out here in the Valley of the Sun, so you was you was busy, man. Yeah, yeah, it was good to meet some uh, people. You know, we do all these podcasts and everything, and we see everybody on, you know, on uh, you know, cross Zoom and stuff like that. I actually got a chance to meet a lot of our, uh, you know, uh, partners and you know, Cam Rogers and and everybody. You know, it was kind of really cool to put some real actual handshakes to the the faces instead of over Zoom. So, uh, you know, they do a lot in terms of our partnership. Great people. Uh, just as good in person as they are uh, over the the Zoom, bro. So there were some handshakes that were going on recently as the searches, everybody should know by now, we just want to give our spin on it. But as we know, the search for the replacement for Cliff Kingsbury has been found and he has been named. Uh, He is Jonathan Gannon. And I hadn't, Hadn't got your thoughts on it the, on, on our uh, terrestrial show, uh, Easy Sports Talk show. Wasn't able to get my thoughts there. I know you talked about it most recently this past weekend. But, man, I, it's it took a long time. Um, that could be good and bad. And my man is young, man. So he's he's young. I, I, I like that when he's when these young dudes get hired. We're going to get into his staff. But before we, in terms of how it's coming and shaping together, shaping up, I want your thoughts on that. But first of all, what were your initial thoughts in terms of Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon? So it's, it's interesting. I think I told you when they were going through that hiring process or that, or, or there were oftentimes what a radio station will do, especially if they're the, 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 uh, the home of the, the flagship station, they'll reach out to maybe the, that, particular market where that coach may be coming from to, to talk to the, to talk to the, the media there. And some of the results, I mean, some of the things initially were a little bit mixed in terms of um, what some of those folks, the media said, and I sent you some of those things. It was from a, I want to say it was 98, seven that had uh, had a couple of members there, but mixed, but 
I listened to the press conference on the way out to uh, California and he, he, he said all the right things and I got a good vibe from him, but I want your initial thoughts. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, you know how it always works out, Jay, with the, the person that you eventually hire or, you know, I think we've joked about this before. Eventually, I even made a comment a few weeks back, you know, you, the, the one you ask on that date, you know, that prom date or whatever it is, that's always the one that you actually wanted, right? Right. That's the person that we wanted when it's all said and done. Sorry about that. I'm going to turn my phone off here. Um, and in this instance, man, we went through a whole list of, you know, potentials and interviews and some people wanted the job and apparently others didn't because we had a couple that wouldn't even take the interview. And there was one coach, uh, one Brian Flores, who rather than come here and give it a shot to see if he could be our next head coach, he took a defensive coordinator job with the, the Vikings. And, you know, I started asking myself, wow, who wants this job? Or, you know, right. and there was a lot, there's a lot of factors when it's all said and done, you know, the process is what it is. You know, we, uh, I'm not going to say we ended up with Coach Gannon, but he is the one who eventually accepted the job. The Cardinals seem very happy internally. Um, would I have wanted a little more head coaching experience, you know, especially coming from one Cliff Kingsbury on the offensive side of the ball almost seems like deja vu. It seems like we're kind of going down that same path. You know, there's not a lot of, you know, I guess you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. In, right. in one instance, we would, I would like a head coach, a new head coach with a little more experience, right? But at the same time, we don't want the retreads. Mm -hmm. You know, we went through a period some years ago was every head coach was a former head coach. You know, we would go through. Yeah. And after a while, I was like, well, hey, aren't there any new candidates out there? Now we're at this point in time where, you know, if you're not a, a first-time guy, you know, you're not even, I mean, it's, that's like the new norm now. Everybody's got to be the new hot coordinator. There's no even, or I guess there's no in-between ground right now. Yeah. And with Gannon, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm on the fence, bro. That's the only way I can say it in terms of, I wish we'd had more, I guess, candidates with a little more experience, uh, leaders of men, as I call them, rather than uh, we're going down that, I guess, same path with the coordinator, but it is what it is. You know, I I will, will obviously talk about if the coaching staff he's putting together. That's something that concerns me in terms of who he's bringing in. But as far as the hire itself, I mean, I, I just hope we're not in the same boat three years from now talking about how what we needed we didn't get. Mm. You know, we know where with Kingsbury it was – I was preaching all along just because he's a great coordinator or a good coordinator doesn't make him a great head, a good head, or a good head coach. I just hope we're not saying the same thing somewhere in the near future here. But you got to give him a chance because he is the man who has the job now. So all I can say is here we go. Let's see what he can do. And, and is along those lines, it's kind of interesting. I remember before um, I went to 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 earn my MBA, there was a time when I was applying for different jobs, and a lot of these, a lot of those. MBA wanted plus X amount of unrealistic years of experience to go along with some of the, the places I was looking at and, or just that was in the newspaper. So this lets you know how long ago in the newspaper where, where that was, but it's, I think there's something to be said about somebody who displays or shows whatever you feel are the right skills or characteristics or the, the, 
the, the they, they say the right words, they hit all the keywords, right? And there, there could be a good and bad with that as well. But um, to be able to not have to be a coach for X amount of years before, or, or position or an offensive or decent defensive coordinator for X amount of years before maybe you get your opportunity. And we'll get into that with the staff because it's a lot of, it's, it's the difference between, I would say Jonathan good and his, and his staff versus Kingsbury and his was when Kingsbury came on, they said, don't worry about it. We'll get, we'll hire all your folks. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then, so it was just, he was just there and everything was done for him. But, but Jonathan good, he's coming in and saying, these are the people that I want. And that's kind of where we're going to get into that a little bit. There's there, you mentioned the experience versus not having experience, but any good coach, good, any coach that's good, very good, or even dare, dare I say great, had to have that first opportunity to be able to see whether or not they could cut it. Some of those, like maybe a Belichick uh, flamed out in his first, wasn't successful in his first, in his first opportunity, but made the second one really, really count. And so there are examples of that along the way. But so having said that, let's look into see kind of the, let's go with the offensive coordinator. So Drew Petzing, he is, he's never been a play caller before. He was a quarterback coach from the, from the, uh, the Cleveland Browns. What's interesting here is from what Jonathan Good had said, what Jonathan Good, what the head coach has said is that, he wants, and we've been saying this, and I think this is music to our ears, we're going to see, but that what they want is to be able to have Kyler Murray under center and not all the time, but enough to, so that defenses do not always know what's coming because that's what the Cardinals were last season. They were very predictable because he had the game plan against the Cardinals when the, when the Eagles played them last season. Um, how you never call plays before. I mean, I'm just saying quarterback coach, it just, you can be around greatness. I can be around great MCs. Don't make me a great MC. Right. I don't know, but your just your, your initial reaction to him coming on board. Well, Drew Petsy. Wow. 35 years old. Yes, sir. Never been a coordinator. Yes, sir. Uh, in fact, he wasn't even an offensive player in college. Let me give you this one. Jay uh, attended Middlebury college where he played defensive back for the Panthers from 2005 to 2006 before his career was cut short. Can you really say your career was cut short after two years at Middlebury College? I guess you can. Um, he spent the next two years as a voluntary student assistant um, before graduating. Then he got into coaching, obviously at some higher levels there. Uh, most recently, a quarterback's coach, for the Cleveland Browns before that, he was a tight ends coach. I guess eventually he milled, you know, he worked his way over to the offensive side of the ball. Man, being a quarterback and a tight ends coach is a whole lot different than all of a sudden now being the architect and mm -hmm. director and manager of an offense at the highest of high levels, meaning in the NFL. And I'm not going to even sit here and pretend like that doesn't worry me a little bit. Right. I'm, you know, I, we're, we're, wow. Let's talk, let's be real about it. We're talking about a dude on, and this is not, it's not pertaining to our show, but one, uh, Eric B. Enemy, who was, you know, in a room with Andy Reid. They've been to three Super Bowls, one, two, uh, over the last few years. And we're giving him a hard time. Because, you know, the, the criticism of him, well, he's not even in there calling the plays. You mm. know, he doesn't do this and doesn't do that. So he has to now go to the commanders, to be an OC, to see if he can be a head coach. I know we're talking about 
apples and oranges here because, you know, Petsig is only moving up to that OC level. But, man, it's just for me, it's a it's a far cry, like I said, from managing in one room, meaning as a quarterback's coach. And I know everybody sits with the offensive corner and does different things like that. Now, like I said, where do you – in your first – here's my, my question. In your first stint as an yeah. offensive coordinator – where are you getting your book from? Where's your playbook coming from? I mean, because you're you're literally starting it from scratch. Yeah. If you know now, you can say, "Well, I'm gonna take a little bit from here, a little bit from there. I'm gonna do this," you know. But when you leave organizations, day, I can guarantee you, even as a player, I wasn't allowed to walk out of the room with my playbook. The first thing I had to do when I was either released or at the end of the season was turn my playbook back in. Right, right. now. Where is he getting his start from? What is he? Maybe he's going to spend the first part of his offseason putting it together. But I'll, if I was in in a me like when he's doing his press conference, I would be like, okay, so coach, uh, what's your philosophy or what is your, you know, uh, uh, what's your identity as an offensive call player, you know, play caller? He can't even answer that question right now because mm-hmm. he has never done it before. So mm-hmm. am I a little worried? And then obviously coming in here and taking over what Kingsbury left behind also dealing with the personality of one Kyler Murray and some of the issues we've already dealt with with him. You're not just coming into a clean room. Like, you know, they get up from the blackjack table, the dealers when they just watch, you know, clap their hands and show them he's coming in. You're coming in with dirty hands already because this is not a clean situation here. So, you know, I'm just curious where it all starts from and, the fact that he's never done it before, I'm not all that confident, to be honest with you, man. Look, man, a lot of this stuff, it, it's a youth movement here. So it's going to be either it's going to be a great success and maybe show what uh, show other uh, show other organizations what can be done. If you if you are bold enough to be able to let this happen, because it is funny when you say 40 is young. But when you look at some of the older some of the older coaches. Right. So 40, 35. Um, one of the things that he that the head coach said was that he wants they don't they want to be adaptable. I think that's one of the things he mentioned in his uh, in his press conference that being adaptable and that and that's a good thing. But it's that takes time to develop that. And so you just wonder with the amount of experience that only he has. He's the head coach has been in football for for over a over a decade for over a decade in terms of various organizations with the St. Louis Rams. He was with, uh, what was he? So various organizations. But the point is, is that a lot of this is think of it when you, when you sit with your, with your partner, right. And you say, man, if I ever get a chance, dog, I'm bringing you with me. Mm-hmm. And then he's saying, and then what he, and the difference is that most times when that happens, you, oh man, I can't bring you with me because you just don't got enough experience. But he's saying to his partners that he's come across. Remember I told you, you ready? Let's do it. And that's what's happening with a lot of these with a lot of these hires because of the connections that he's had with them or the different stops or maybe when they've crossed paths. So let's get to the defensive coordinator. Now, you were saying something about 35 for the offensive coordinator. Mm. And I again, I'm I'm the dude. I I like it because I'm, I'm just saying I the, the age ageism, but that can work positively and negatively depending on where you at or the, the situation it man, it's a risk. I'm, I'm a, it's, it's a risk. But Nick, uh, Nick Rallis, I know I maybe mispronounced his name. I'll get it right because he'll, I assume he'll be here for at least a few years. Uh, he is 29, 29. 
29. Barely now, I'm, above, I'm just, barely but, above the drinking age, legal drinking age, man. But what's interesting, so you have to imagine that, you know, or you would think that the head coach will focus on the defense, but he said that he wasn't sure yet. So it depends on who he gets in place and all those things. You want to make sure that your philosophies are in place. So I'm, it's going to be interesting to see how this comes about. But defensive coordinator, 29, what, what are your thoughts? So you walk into the room, you – 32, you 31, you 30, you 29, and your coach and your defensive coordinator is trying to tell you what to do. I would imagine if he is, if he can command the room, that it wouldn't be a problem. Or if, when, if he's able to diffuse or address an issue once the first issue that comes up, that that will get him the respect. But I'm just curious because you you had told me about one time where there was an organization that you were with, there was a new head coach, and he came in trying to, trying to establish himself right away and it was very clear that he was not going to be the be the alpha male but so how does that work and what are your thoughts about among this defensive coordinator this one this one confuses me a little bit and it could be a good or a bad confusion for me one is we all know that gannon he's a defense former defense coordinator with the eagles just came over so and the fact that he hired a defensive coordinator the first thing I was thinking was, wait a minute, I thought that was his job. Now, it could be a good thing because right. maybe he wants to concentrate more on being head coach first yes, and then having a small hand in the defense. And that's why he got went and got a defensive coordinator to let them do their, like, you do that job, I'll assist you if you need, but I want somebody to do that job so I can concentrate on all the other things. Which is a that good way to go a, about it. If it which is a good thing. Yeah, that could be a good way. Now, the, the problem I have, though, is you go out and get a dude that's 29 years old, and, bruh, I mean, you're thinking, look at this. I'm looking at it where he, just three years ago, Jay, his title was quality control. Uh, you know, and there's a quality control coach. You know what quality control dudes do? What? They're the dudes that don't practice. When we're running the scout team, they're the dude that's holding up the cards to show all the scout team what they're doing. And so, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from quality control, but those that's some of the, the things that they're doing. Now, right. uh, do they have their hands in game planning and this stuff? Most of the time, no. They're, that's why, I mean, there are different titles. And you eventually moved up to when he was with the Vikings as early as just as, well, I guess, just as frequent as 2020, defensive quality control and assistant linebackers coach. That means you were helping the linebacker coach do it, his, you know, helping him do his job was. You know, like I said, you're probably one breaking down the film and stuff like that. But as far as having a hand in the daily with the players and game planning and stuff like that, no, you're you know you're assisting the actual linebackers coach, and and you know and then he was with the linebackers coach with the Eagles, but you know just two years later, now all of a sudden he's the coordinator of a of a defense. The, once again, I give him a you know I give Gannon a little bit of credit because Gannon's probably going to have his hands deep into that the mixing of this batter, you know, that, you know, yeah. but, you know, as far as a, if, if, if this is, if it's just a title, that's one thing. But if you're turning the keys to the, to the, the vehicle over to this young man at 21, mm -hmm. I got a lot of problems with that, man. I'm just not, I mean, and I'm, I'm all for the youth movement and, you know, but golly, at some point, we got to have something in me. You know, obviously he's still kind of constructing the uh, coaching staff. And, you know, you sent me something even earlier today. He's still putting it together. But I need a little more experience in some of those rooms than, you know, than some of these guys at this age. You know, he's going to be talking 
to some of his players are going to be just as old, if not older than him, with a whole lot more experience because they actually have played on the field. You know, as hmm. far as his playing background, you know, it's you I, you you seem very you seem very concerned, man. So I'm we so really it don't and it don't stop. It don't stop. So I'm gonna go through a couple other names because these are a little bit more position coaches. But offensive line coach Clayton Adams, who's 40. All right. So I'm just so let's say uh special teams coordinator Jeff Rogers. 44 uh tight ends coach uh ben Steele, who's 44 and let's see uh let's see and then uh linebackers coach uh sam uh Siefkes. he is obviously he's probably older than that since he's you know since they didn't list the, the age there we got defensive assi- defensive assistant patrick tony um yeah it's gonna uh cornerbacks coach ryan smith uh, offensive assistant uh, Drew Terrell, who's uh, 31 years old. So I'm just—it's it's a lot of youth. It's go. I'm cur- I hope that this succeeds because I think that would be cool. But it's interesting how, and we mentioned that—that's one of the things that we, I guess we've been focusing on here. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals here, uh, Ed Smith and Javon Adams, is that some of these folks hop the line a little bit. They oh, hop the boy. line a little bit there, man. I mean, you're, there's the, there's taking the elevator instead of the stairs, Jay, and then there's taking the express elevator. Right. You know, you go to a building sometime, and certain elevators, they don't hit the middle floors. They literally just go up to the top. And, you know, they, they're not stopping at floor 6, 7 through 10 or 12. They're going straight to the top with no stops. Right. And it almost feels like some of these guys have kind of gotten that, 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 that elevator, that express elevator ride, and it's like, whoa. It's just so fast. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, like I'm not knocking anybody's hustle. I'm, right. You know, I, I, but at the same time, I'm just I'm wondering, man, I'm just like, is this going to come back to bite the Cardinals in terms of what, you know, we're, oh, we're going to be, you got to remember, these guys are going to be matched up against others that have been doing this for quite a long time. There's, there's going to be there's going to be a learning I mean, curve. You have right. to, you you and this might maybe it's a good thing in some weird way that Kyler is injured. And by the way, he is working out here locally. That's been there was a we we saw him in the video that introductory video with uh, with head coach Good. And then also I heard on the radio today where the owner of the team also mentioned that Kyler's been working out here locally. So that's a positive thing. But it might be a good thing that he is injured or may be able might be missing the first few games because that allows him to that allows the head coach and his young staff uh young inexperienced staff and we can i mean it's just true they're they're going to be gaining experience to be able to work out some of the kinks and you just hope that big mistakes aren't made along the way as they're trying to get there to to find their sea legs that's going to be interesting that's a great point too uh brother jay because you know, you're looking at 2023 being a season like obviously they're coming in, taking over. They want to start developing their culture and different things like that. You're going to be doing it with not necessarily the, you know, the the lead actor of mm-hmm. the of the the. You got the, the understudy play. in the you play the, doing exactly yeah. yes sir. You got the understudy, and it's going to be interesting because you're going to want to start doing a lot of things, implementing different things. You mentioned having a quarterback under center more and you know and i you know i question does he 
fight that a little bit because I, that's not where he's most comfortable. And we, you and I have talked about it before in the past. I, I think I understand why he's not so comfortable under center is because of his height. You know, when you're under center, there's a lot of play action and stuff like that. You're turning your back to the formation to carry out fakes and stuff like that. And then you have to turn and refine everything. And when you're not dealing with, when you're dealing with somebody who's not as tall as some of the average quarterbacks, it makes it that part of the game is a little tougher for him. And maybe that's, Something that he, you know, you know, informed Kingsbury and them. Hey, I'm more comfortable out of this. And obviously, we've seen where that's gotten everybody as far as the offense's point. And Gannon comes in and he says, "Hey, we're going to tailor to do this, and we're going to expect our quarterback to be under center more." To, and right. so you, but you're going to be starting by implementing everything from the start without him even being there on the field, able to even practice or do some of the things that you're trying to implement, and. You know, let's say he gets saves back mid to late season and you've already started establishing certain things and then he comes back and, you know, it's like, well, that's not how I like to do it or I'm not comfortable doing that. You know, mm -hmm. it's going to be some really interesting uh, discussions that are going to be had both with him in and out of the lineup. That's going to be, a you know, it's going to be another one of those things man, we've got to keep our eye on. It is. I mean, we and, and again, we are back, so we'll be doing this thing uh, twice a week. So make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. But I wanted to ask you this before. This might be a little bit of a, a shorter version of Believe this week. But I want to ask you this. The the press conference, some of those, I think there were four different things that he mentioned that are his tenets or his values for, for his team. One was adaptable. I like that. The other was mm -hmm. violent. Violent. And I think something, another one was smart, and I forget the other one. But, but uh, violent and adaptable. Did that at least make you say, okay, I like that approach. Again, it's one thing to be able to say all the right things in the, once you got the job and you are, and then you're meeting with the press and you have your, your, uh, I can, I'm sure that you can imagine some, or remember uh, some either managers or head coaches that had certain phrases or yeah. their mantra, whatever that was, but did at least that, cause I, I don't recall uh, Kingsbury having that type of maybe at least a clear philosophy or or values that he was that he was hanging things on in that way, but I could be wrong. Well, again, and, and I know it's, and I, I don't want to play on too much on words here, but uh, he one of his statements in his comments, he said, "I don't believe in a scheme. I right. believe in putting players we have in positions to be successful." Yes, so he said we will look different week to week. I like now, that, but uh, there's I probably like good, and there's I, probably good and bad to it. But go ahead. I like it, and I don't like it. I'm here's the thing: I don't necessarily think you need to have a scheme that is something that is like your overall kind of theme. But I do think, yeah, I, I would have been more, I'd been more impressive if you used the word, we're, we're going to have an identity. Okay. Meaning, you know, an identity, meaning we're going to be a smash mouse football team. Or we're going to be a hard hitting football team. We're going to be this, we're going to be that. Whereas like scheme, you know, yeah, each week you try to come out and do things a little different because you don't want to, be so predictable but as far as you know the 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 overall look of the team I don't think you know, here's the thing and maybe I'm just playing with words a little bit but I, as far as a scheme yeah every week you're gonna have to change it up but you're still gonna look the same for the most part it's your identity that you don't want to change you want like I said if you're if you got a bunch of nasty dudes out out there and you because we can tell We've talked, remember when we had Wilkes here, we used to talk about those dudes don't, don't even look like they want to hit out there. They look right. like they were just, 
and and but that was their identity to mm. us. They was like those dudes look soft out there. They don't, you know, they were people just running through them like wet toilet paper, you know. Yeah. Whereas we've seen teams, and I played against teams, bro, where it was like when you saw them on the schedule, you're like, man, it's gonna be one of those games. You better buckle it up. You better strap it up extra because yeah. this one's gonna be nasty. It's gonna be hard hitting. So that's the thing. I, I want that as an identity. As far as you know, you know, I don't believe in a scheme. You better have a scheme. You better. You know, have some type of uh, plan. You know, because like I said, if you plan, if your scheme is like every week we're just gonna look different, and now you're starting off. You know, that's that's the bad. That's just a bad way to start out. You know, so actually, man, and here's the thing, Jay, we're we're playing with words right now, and right, what we have to do is we have to make it all because you got to remember it's been four years since a coaching change, right? Yes. So we have to, this is that time of the year where, okay, we're going to hear all the coach talk. We're going to hear all the player talk. We're going to see dudes that are in meetings now and stuff like that, quote unquote, doing their rehab and stuff like that. When, when the, the cameras here, it's easy to do that. It's predictable. You know, they knew they were right. out of coach. Hey, Kyler, hey, could you come in and make sure you're here this week? Cause it'd be really important and be a great look for us. If you're sitting in the very first row during the press conference, you know, eh, you know, okay. Well, let's see what happens once we get past the, you know, the, the honeymoon stage here and it becomes the doldrums of uh, April and May and June and, you know, cameras aren't there because they're focusing more on the draft picks and guys that are in first mini camps and stuff like that. Where's Kyler then? Oh, Kyler, he, oh, he's back in Texas right now. We hope to see him later on this year, you know. So all this stuff, that, that gives us a whole lot to talk about now and hopefully – the positives will remain, but this is that time of the year, day when we're going to hear it, all the right things said. We're going to see some of the right things said. All you can do is cross your fingers because once August, then September and beyond into January, that's when it all really counts. So we can talk about his words, like meaning Gannon's words and this and other. It's all going to come to play once we start to see some of those home field practices. We start hearing more about, you know, the, the philosophy and the players their feedback and stuff like that. You know, like I said, it's all, it's all good right now. I want to see what happens when the, the rubber meets the road later on this year. You know, I hear you. I hear you. Well, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. So youth movement in a positive way, we're going to see yeah. it. it's a hater. That's how well, it you know, and think of this too, Jay, not to interrupt you, but the, they're th 31 free agents yeah. on his team. So he's going to have the opportunity. This is raw dough right here. Yeah. You know, he's going to have an opportunity to. They're going to go after the dudes they want to keep here, get rid of the ones that don't want to be here, or bring in better uh, players to fit his schemes and philosophy and mentality and stuff like that. So he's getting a fresh start. And, you know, at the same time, that, that's a double-edged sword because you are starting with a deficiency in talent on the roster. You got to go out there and sign it, uh, keep the good stuff here, get rid of the bad, et cetera, et cetera. So between him – which meaning Gannon, the awesome Ford being the GM. Uh, they're going to have to write a lot of checks, uh, do the scouting department. Everybody's going to be tested this offseason yeah. leading into the draft and beyond. So this Cardinals team organization and, and as a whole is going to look entirely different than what it did these past couple of years, but that could be a good thing. Indeed. So, uh, so again, this has been Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. He is Ed Smith. I'm Javon Adams. We, as we always like to say, make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about what we have going on. We back, we back, we back. And sometimes I'm looking dapper as we do this. And as always, we are presented by Bet Online. And as we always like to say around this time, uh, you can. Good to be back on with you, Brother Jay. Yes, sir. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.